Greetings, listeners of the Reject Nation, and welcome to our Season 1, Episode 5, Review, Recap, etc. for House of the Dragon. This episode is called We Light the Way. It's been quite a season so far, I tell you, and uh, very much enjoying it. I'll say that much. Not going to say too much, obviously, because that's why you're here. You're here to hear the review. You're here to hear us bat it around. I don't, I don't, know. I don't know why I keep going to New York in these recent intros, but anyway, but you probably haven't even noticed that. Anyhow, uh, if you guys would like to join us for the experience of watching the episode along with the review, you can check out the reaction highlights. Those are on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Rejects. Got little snippets of the show and our little, you know, mystery science theater riff slash also nerd commentary thingy. You can, you can join us for that there. Or if you want to sync up with your own copy and join us for the full length of the episode, the full Real Rejects experience, come on over to Patreon.com slash The Real Rejects. Got a great community over there and a bunch of exclusive uh, movies and shows with reaction highlights and watch alongs included. Cannot show the full show for a watch along or the full movie. People don't often grasp that. That's super duper illegal. Um, so, yeah, there, there are certain shows that have highlights with actual clips in them, but the sync up watch along is just that a sync up watch along. Anyhow, uh, finally, if you want to support the channel and rock a little bit of Real Rejects swag, you can check out our ZeroEdition.com store. Got a bunch of really cool designs over there, always coming up with new stuff each month. And we also got our buds Ryan Airy from Screen Crush and Paul from Heavy Spoilers over there making merch as well. Uh, you, you can, I mean, if you need to, if it's if it's absolutely dire, I guess you can check out their stuff. But you know, check out that Real reject swag. Anyway, uh, this has been a terrific season thus far. Uh, not not ready to lose some of the cast to this time jump, but uh, that's for next week. For right now, let's jump on to season one, episode five. We light the way. Our immediate thoughts. I was so impressed that episode because, from just a, a technical standpoint for writing. Because it, it at first there was a part of me that was like, okay, it's been a lot of like public knowledge that that after this episode there's going to be the time jump that eventually happens, where um, you know like uh, some of our characters are going to be replaced by other actors and such, and I was like, okay, some of this seems like this is a setup episode for what's to come. Like they're setting some stuff up, and I I was kind of worried that it was all that's all it was mainly going to be with like a few like little bits but it managed to be just a very in-depth provocative episode again as you'd want that was that felt so immediate and also did a wonderful job successfully setting up the future yeah. <laughs> like it, it did both like simultaneously so well because there's such a great groundwork laid for the future that is off to just a terrible start. Like yeah. it's just the worst start. It wrecks the chessboard and then sets it back up for you. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's really that's really impressive uh, that they did that because a lot of times you know you often walk away with shows going, yeah, it's like a setup episode. It's a good setup episode, yeah. and it's rare you can walk away going, it did both incredibly well. Like I'm actually looking forward to seeing what the what the future is <laughs> uh, and and what that time jump will be. Which I'm sad to see, like the the Millie Alcott, Alcock, yeah, Alcock, yeah, who plays Renera. I'm I'm so disheartened to see her go because, again, delivering another exquisite performance, mm -hmm. just just a powerful one and such a such a turning point episode for this character. You know, like that scene 
that she has with Sir, with uh, Kristen on the boat when he is proposing, like, why don't we just escape? Let's just, like, live our romantic lives out and, and just be in love and forget this hierarchy, this thing you've always sort of dismissed and, and had, a, had issues with, that you've always confided in me. And you're seeing how she is, like, obviously tempted to a certain degree, but she has to hide that. Because this episode was so much about dealing with what's going on underneath the surface. Something the show has done since the beginning. This whole episode, especially the wedding, that's what it just was. Was like, okay, there's shit building, there's shit percolating. Which is going to be the one that tips over? Yeah. <laughs> which is the first thing that's going to really collapse it's gonna light the powder keg and the main thing that got it going was uh the thing that made it on board for us uh, to me it seems like Renera knew that he was probably gay beforehand right which, yeah. which made her go like yeah i'll marry him because i can do whatever i want yeah <laughs> yeah and that, she's got too much knack for strategy not to yeah see the opportunity in that but the the ace and the whole like the thing that she had to work with was the fact that she, he had a lover <laughs> And now so that, did she. And, and so did she, and now both of those have been just. I mean, I don't know what's going to become of Kristen, and after that moment with Alice, with Allison, I don't know what Allison's plan is. It seems like Allison's now like she's in a solo position, um, almost, almost Cersei esque, almost <laughs> just someone who's you're like, oh yeah, she's queen, but now there's no king with her, yeah, and now she has to worry about her children, what could be stripped from her in the future, yeah, what could happen to her well being. And maybe she needs to harbor this information and somehow use, like, you're like, okay, what's everyone plotting now? Everyone's an enemy. They know. <laughs> like, everyone's yeah. using each other even more aggressively than they were before. Yeah. All these bonds are even more tenuous now and more, yeah, just, like, stress-worn. Yeah, I love it. It's great. And then you got Damon, who just <gasps> waiting to cause all kinds who of chaos. just walks in, yeah. Every time he enters the room, it's it's solely to just cause the, the most effective chaos. It's just funny how they like they kill off the wife at the very beginning. And that's your first time meeting her, right? Yeah. And yeah, we've heard about her a bunch of times, just solely from his perspective, where everyone's like, "She's fine," and he's like, "I hate that bitch," you know. Like, and all she the time. shows up, and she's like compelling for those moments she's on. Yeah, those bugs yeah. here just die. I, you know? I, was, I was too because she was. I thought, oh, this is gonna be interesting to like unpack here. But again, this show does a really good job. Like I think that unspoken, the, the unspoken truth theme they had, you know, circulating throughout that whole wedding, is a big part of what the what the writing kind of carries over throughout this whole show. Because it weirdly, like, I, of course, I would like to have seen more with like it would just hit that much harsh, that much more harsh if we had gotten to know her a little bit. Yeah. Prior to that moment. But in that instant, you get so much of the idea of like her grasp on and her whole point of view about Damon, the marriage, and it and it kind of seems like she wanted a husband too, yeah. <laughs> you know. In that yeah, little exactly. moment, she seems like she's sort of wanted an actual husband, yeah. And and feels like like loads this man hates him and also feels hurt and betrayed by him. <laughs> yeah, know? it's like she actually might have wanted that, and I had to get stuck with you, the worst version of it, who doesn't, yeah, who, with whom I cannot enjoy any of the spoils of this position. It's just oh, it's so cold and. It's like, what is Damon going to be doing now? And and like, what's the it, it, this this war within the tar the, the crumbling of Targaryens is all within? It's so fun to watch. It's fun. It <laughs> is. It's fun. It's, it's fun so in a up. very messed. Yeah, <laughs> in a very sort of uh, gallows kind of way. And, and yeah, it, like I it, that 
seemed like, even though that's not like a main plot character, that felt like one of those surprising sort of stark deaths where, yeah, you just meet this person, you kind of get that. I loved that we spend that little perspective build. You, you remarked, like, why do I feel so uncomfortable just watching her ride through this valley? And then she comes upon Damon in the most, like, ominous, but also like, oh, okay, it's just him kind of way. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, just like the, it's such a cold scene, and it says so much about him in a way. Like, it, it's a bummer because, yeah, it's not really about her as much as it is just, like, showing just the 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 depth of his i don't know yeah just coldness keeps coming back to mind because you could see a way in which this alliance could be beneficial in some way shape or form but damon doesn't seem interested in any of that and when he comes back around with um sir i uh, can't remember his name jaron or whatever the, the other you know the relative of hers like it's so painful to watch that guy step up and to really feel like he's got an opportunity to stick it to Damon only for Damon to turn around and be like oh hey by the way I just inherited your entire place of living your entire homeland <laughs> you know can you arrange that for me yeah like it's yeah it's just so it's Damon remains this fascinating character because the more it's a testament to Matt Smith's performance in those moments because Every time he's just sitting there observing, you're like, what is this guy thinking? And there are little moments where you're like, yeah, I can I can still see like a glimmer of a human in there. But so much of him is just uh, like a like a chaotic evil character, like a chaotic neutral character or something like that, where it's like I I can never really I said this before and it rings true throughout and, and through this episode. Like it seems like he almost never comes in with a plan except to to watch things twist <laughs> well i think he he always has there's always a desire though behind yeah. his actions there's always somewhat of a I, I think the the show introduces him like he's a wild card you don't know what this guy's gonna do he's just manic he's the news he's joffrey but more intelligent <laughs> you know but yeah with more tact <laughs> but then uh you know you quickly learn that no he's actually a lot more clever and conniving because it's like that you don't exactly know why he... All they've really showed us is that he's, he doesn't like her. And then he kills her in the beginning of this episode. There's got to be a reason why. But he, I, I don't... I'm, unless you, like... Unless it's in the book. Unless you really understand the politics already beforehand where you're like, oh, shit, he killed her, so that means he's going to inherit because they don't have a hair. <laughs> like, if you're fine, yeah. already just happened to know the world that well. <laughs> but you really don't know why he did that. And then when you find out, they're like, oh, it's actually a really big political gain he, he can have now. But it's like, why? Why that political gain? Because <laughs> you yeah. could buy both versions. Yeah. You could buy that he'd just be so cold as to be like, no, nah, I just hate her, and I finally had an opportunity to get her out of my way. <laughs> but then, yeah, you see the bigger picture plan, and it is like, wow, that is smart. And also your your choice to now resurface that this event gives you the power that much more in that situation, as if it as it wouldn't have done if you had like shown up to her funeral. <laughs> and I actually do tend to read the top comments on, on these reactions that we do. And uh, I remembered that there were people, because we were talking about the, the when, when they did fornicate, uh, Kristen and Renera, and that people, because we were like, you know, it's interesting to see like a, 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 this whole scene of like debauchery and giving into these sexual pleasures. And then, you get a, a more of a tender, loving scene, 
which I, I think it was executed that way, but there were a couple of people who were like, I actually didn't find it tender at all. I thought it was like it was just a manipulation of power that Rhaenyra did. And, and uh, you know, also it broke his oath, his vow. And I kind of forgot about that angle. I, I forgot about that. And, and admittedly, I forgot about, oh, yeah, that's right. They have part of chivalry is chastity. Chastity bill, yeah. yeah. I forgot all about that. And then to watch the effect come into this episode and how much that has... Just like he sleeps with her, and it's been a little bit of time. He's like obviously madly in love with her. He's sacrificed his whole commitment because of giving in to this um, desire for her, and now he can't even have her, and he's got to watch her get married off. And you're like, you're just watching this guy who is so noble and honorable, yeah, just succumb by the end just pulled down to the bottom here where he just annihilates this person at a wedding who why exactly was it him do you think that he murdered yeah like i like threatening or someone had a secret on that i i didn't quite i didn't quite know it's like it, it, it does it's i'm not here going why this makes no sense at the same time like i don't fully know why he, he chose him as a target in the in the moment just the first time watching it because i would like to go back and revisit the scene the the way it sort of read to me amid all that chaos was sort of that was the last straw given that was the last interaction we saw him have and that puts him in this precarious new position of like oh yeah you know now i'm part of this like apparatus of secrets and lies and things and when everything breaks out i felt like it was a almost like a proximity thing where like they're both together or been close range of each other and then maybe in all the chaos or something like that it got to the point where it seemed like one of them was attacking the other one like i'm not sure because yeah when when uh or maybe he wanted to dissolve this whole thing maybe i mean yeah maybe like, he just doesn't like i i think the lie yeah i think either way what happened i, I don't know exactly what got them in you know whether Kristen was like i gotta find you and kill you it, it seemed more like a random just boiling over of yeah of his guilt and of his just not wanting to be a part of this reg the regret the guilt the pain of the conversation before with Rhaenyra where he yeah he lays out this very pure noble like let's run away together and just have a life and all that stuff mounts and then you know it's like allison learns about this and, and yeah it's like his his whole spirit seems like it's been demoralized, and then yeah, that exchange with Lainor's bow there uh, just seems like it. Yeah, it it just solidifies his descent into this immoral place that I'm sure is eating at his soul. And yeah, that's probably then just the target of like I am overcome, and I'm just letting it out on you because that's exactly not what I want. <laughs> well, at the same time, by letting it out on him though, they they both now just they're married <laughs> like yeah Renner is just married now and they don't have the things they can have their fun with <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's like even if it was like well you're you're still free to go out and you know meet people and whatever it's like yeah that that doesn't even probably appeal anymore because they've both suffered such a yeah like a heart loss well yeah it wasn't because you, you the, the, the show read like clearly um re-explains it that it's not just about going out and, you know, getting all kinky and stuff and having multiple lovers. It's about being with the one you really love. Yeah. Uh, and now they don't get to be with the one they really love. I thought that was a good use of that metaphor because at first you're like, 
I think they're trying to say he's gay, but I also think it's just like, yeah, I know you love somebody for real, and so do I. So, yeah, I, I thought that was a good, a well-articulated theme. Yes. Yeah. Very well done stuff. And uh, So painful. <laughs> and then they just skip all the celebrations and all the festivities, and they just go right to the wedding, and you just feel the that much more hollow for everyone involved. They're just like, they're barely looking at each other, and they're like talking all soft and yeah you could just tell like what a horrible night and then Viserys keels over but I, I love the show for what it explores with this political game and and the 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 how these how when your emotions just they they simmer they simmer when you're you push it down for something that is like duty uh. yet you see what the consequences of that could be, and and then you you watch something like Renera give in to sleeping with Kristen, and then how that's destroyed something. You're watching like Renera, who's been like such an amazing character, and you never associate at all as like a bad person, and, and then at the at the climax of this wedding, yeah. you watch like just the depravity of all these things that happen, such because of things that she participated in or partook not partook in. You know she's. Like that whole divide with Allison at the end, which is like Allison just finding out the truth. Everything with Kristen, Damon, even like Damon's just all over the place here. He's yeah. like freaking trying to sleep with the one girl or like tempting her. And then he's like, I want Rainier, man. He's like, Rainier doesn't want this, goddammit. No, yeah. <laughs> and he, so you have that that situation at hand. And then, of course, now he, she chose him. Um, what's his name again? Uh, the the Valarian, yeah, uh, Lanor. Lanor. She chose she chose Lanor. Yeah, specifically, she was given a choice, chose him, yeah. and through that choice, now led to Lanor losing the one he loves. <laughs> it's just like this major collapse, all surrounding things that not not solely her. Obviously, there's a whole bunch of other players involved here, but it is cool to see how it's from. She's the central point of it all. Uh huh. You know, uh, it's it's just gnarly shit well yeah and it's like the, the such a web of consequences comes out of of what in that episode feels like such an intimate isolated you know heat of a moment and uh and two i love the way this episode reveled in especially once you get to the ceremony in this quality and it's throughout both game of thrones and this this sort of propping up of customs and of appearances Despite the fact that everyone in the room practically is side-eyeing each other and knows at least a version of what's really going on here and knows that this is kind of a sham, and yet we're all kind of here to make face and to, you know, enjoy celebrating and, and being yeah, debauched. Yeah. But, like, when the chaos breaks out, you can feel that tension that lives underneath, and it makes for a good sort of just audiovisual metaphor for the struggle between order and statecraft and just the base human instincts yeah and that something like this that is based on base human instincts that is about attraction and 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 you know arousal has led to all of not every part of this but so much of the conflict that boils over here there's also this other quality that this episode really like the, what i think game of thrones has generally explored and, and the show especially uh, of you know, like something as simple as listening to your heart's desires and just being appreciative of what you have versus this chase for legacy. Yeah. And then you watch as the king who did 
you know, pretty much take the more pacifist route, has made some questionable choices that could have dire consequences for the future of Targaryen, uh, for the House Targaryen, which will, yep. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> um, it's, it's already begun. It's, it's already begun. And yet, on his last days, he's, like, lamenting and, like, just so sorrowful. He's just weak, doesn't have... He's not even with his queen for, like, most of his... The most of the time. Yeah. He's not even with her. Her absence looms <laughs> large. Exactly, yeah. It looms very large. And, and the green dress. And yeah. he's there wondering, like, what... Will, will people even remember me? Like, I'm nothing. You know, yeah. And did I do the right thing by trying to keep peace? And then it's interesting how all he wanted to do was try to keep peace. And by the by trying to keep peace, he is now set up for the future generation to pretty much help it crumble. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, which is which. Yeah, I mean, it always reminds me of the time machine. <laughs> that whole thing about like the more you try to to avoid an outcome, you'll you'll just kind of bring it about. Uh, and yeah, like I thought that was such a wonderfully like again, hats off to, to Patty Considine because like it's such an intimate moment. And I thought part of me was like, maybe he's just gonna die right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like and and that is interesting to see contrasted between the two of them because they're both in some ways kind of pondering that and the sort of like what this duty of of you know being the king or the queen does to you. And it's like he's sitting here going, you know, I had a pretty good life, but yeah, did I did I not, you know, risk enough, you know, for greatness? And then you have Rhaenyra who's in this position of like, yeah, given an offer to throw all that away. And you can see still, despite how much she kind of thrusts all this stuff off, that she does have like a taste for this life and and not wanting to so easily leave it behind. And I felt like her rebuke of Kristen there was more confident than just like, no, 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 I got duties and stuff. It's like, no, I, I intend to rule, <laughs> you know? And then you watch that contrast in Viserys, who seems like he truly would have been better off not being in this position, just living life and giving of, you know, the natural gifts that are so apparent in him as a character and yet don't really serve his role as king very well and lead his council to constantly be trying to manipulate him and stuff. And uh, and two, it was just poor, poor old Otto Hightower. <laughs> Got him for a half a second here. Uh, I mean, saying goodbye. I wonder if we'll, well see it's him interesting again. how he kind of like flips the perspective in a moment. Yeah, where you're like, man, you were pretty manipulative. You definitely wanted your own personal power gain. I mean, and you did use your daughter. But you're also making some really solid points right now. <laughs> yeah, that whole back and forth. It was like. Yeah, I mean, it, it, fair point, I'm dude. I'm so caught up in all the messed up things you were doing that <laughs> I wasn't really thinking about. Like, oh, yeah, you know, probably would be. My, 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 might proceed much more smoothly if, yeah. if Aegon was just king. I mean, <laughs> they both have points there, although I did have to be like, as much as it's like, well, you know, if you hadn't given Rhaenyra that shadow of a doubt queen, but I'm at the same time, I'm like, you put her in this position and you gave her this thankless job yeah of having to be a baby machine you know to push your ultimate agenda get Aegon on the throne but it's harsh stuff but now we got, we got a lot of different characters um coming up here and there's a it's a hell of a world uh yeah it's it's so engrossing 
It's it's funny that opening shot was like this is the. I like the last episode of Lord of the Rings quite a bit, um, the Rings of Power episode four. I liked it quite a bit, but the opening shot just made me just go. I didn't. I was waiting. I was reserving it. Was that this is like the definition of anti Lord of the Rings? It is because that opening shot is the most like Peter. Opening sequence of her writing, yeah, and the amount of different like sweeping shots they kept wow. using is yeah. the most like Lord of the Ringsy. It looked like look at her writing, and there's but, gravitas but, but and importance, but it doesn't feel like sweeping and wondrous and glorious. It feels like cold and tension, and oh my god, something terrible is about to happen, and it's quiet. <laughs> yeah, and then instead of something particularly dramatic to punctuate it, it's just a really stark, unpleasant death for that character yeah. who just got that cinematic treatment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's it's it did feel, like, I don't think the show in any way is trying to, like, make that statement at all. No. Um, it's just something that went off in my own subconscious uh, no there's a, there's a uh, lot of interesting contrast i think to, to to make between these shows honestly because there are so many similarities in terms of how they're produced and in terms of what the material is to some extent but yeah one is is very much more sort of characters where they're intense on the surface and are very focused on those whereas the other one is like People have their surface intense, but it's all about what's underneath all that and what is unsaid or said <laughs> yeah. in whispers, and it's all a mess. It's all kind of hard to understand and hard to pinpoint who is really, is there a moral good? Well, I mean, you watch as their souls become corrupted because they keep sacrificing things because of we got to keep things in order because of monarchy. <laughs> like, no, we're going to keep the peace. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to keep the peace, but also have wars in the right places. <laughs> yeah, you're, you just watch as these, as everyone's souls just, like deteriorate. It's a harsh world, really. Because, <laughs> like, yeah. everybody now... like, And that's the thing that this season, I think, has been especially... Like, Game of Thrones across the board, but this season has taken more... I think this so far has had more characters that you could just outwardly directly sympathize with from the get-go and i feel like part of game of thrones was telling you like those people will not make it very far in this world and this one is showing you those people but then subject to the transformations to those like sir Kristen is such a good guy after today <laughs> i wonder what that character will be yeah i mean i, th I think this show really does i see a lot of people who are already like quick to say like this show's so much better than like I see a lot of people who say that like it's better than Game of Thrones, and of course there's there's <laughs> undoubtedly like so many similarities undoubtedly but at the same time it's such a different show yeah. it's it's very very different yeah. like you kind of check in with just the same few people every episode yeah. in this show and and it's and the way they handle time and the way they're handling this buildup and what the main objective is because. It's like it gets you focused on, yeah, it's all about uh, ultimately ending on the consequences of who's going to be, you know, uh, sitting on the Iron Throne. Sure. that's, uh, But it, it it's not as big of a chessboard, and nor is it. Yeah. And, and Game of Thrones kind of kicks off a little faster in, into have a little bit more of that exciting. I, I think it, I think they're just very different. Yeah. I think I think the way they they make you feel <laughs> is very different. Yeah, and um, and so I I think these are 
I, I don't know. There's a lot about what I've experienced with these five episodes so far that I, I do find uh, a little bit prefer. Well, I do prefer, but I generally don't sit here and com- I don't ever really take the time to compare and go, which one do I like more? A, there just hasn't been enough time, yeah. <laughs> and and B, they're they're very different. Yeah, and like I, I could just enjoy both, you know. Same, yeah. I've done that with like Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. Like I haven't, I haven't bothered to ask myself like which one, and let me just try to really figure this out. Because I'm like, no, they're, they're, yeah, there's similarities, but they're different. And yeah. and and I think they just kind of work together, you know. It's well, just, that's that's I think to me that's ideal. That's how it should but be. But the production on this sounds like chaos. For like the showrunner, like I'm no, I'm not coming back. <laughs> I don't <laughs> or know. Or one of them leaving early. Miguel Sapochnik. Yeah. I, I wonder if they knew that. I, I guess I've fallen. I'm curious because yeah, like you don't want to hear three or four episodes in, like you're losing one of your showrunners. But part of me wonders if knowing the response to you know they know the response to the end of Game of Thrones, and so I bet they were like, we need as many of those hands on deck to get this ship sailing. And then after a first season, we could we can mix it up a little bit because I think they have Alan Taylor coming in instead, who's also done a ton of Game of Thrones and has done good work on Game of Thrones. And so in that way, I it almost seemed like that could be just the plan all along. He's like, I'll come back for a season, but it could be chaos. I'm not I'm not sure honestly. It seemed like a lot of people were surprised on the cast, so maybe not. But I don't know. Here's hoping it doesn't dip in. I mean, it looks two. like this would be. Let's look at this. Looks like it could be a toll to put together even if it's not chaos i can imagine that if you're trying to put one of these things together <laughs> just smash you out so that was much. that <laughs> was the thing about benioff and weiss is as much as i'm like you guys did not handle this the right way i was also like but spending like 10 plus years doing this seems like it would take a lot it would age you way more yeah. than that yeah it does seem like an incredible undertaking to to you know, guide a ship like this. I mean, I wasn't even that. In, I wasn't even interested in the show. <laughs> I wasn't when, either when it was announced. <laughs> I know. I was like, who's who cared? <laughs> when it was announced, and then there were a couple of trailers came out. I'm like, I'm not. I don't even want to react to it. Like, no, that one seems excited. Uh, yeah, I saw that people were getting excited. They loved the tra- they were loving the trailers, and and I did. I wasn't. I just wasn't interested. Um, yeah. and then. I'm like, wow, this is the best thing on TV right now. I feel yeah. like it was the last thing on anybody's minds that it could be such that they would just return us to what feels kind of like the heyday of good Game of Thrones. Yeah, but so much more than that. Yeah, but but yeah, that's what's been so rewarding is it's like, oh, dang, already the storytelling is the richness. I remember it, and it has the sort of core sensibilities that made those you know particularly beloved seasons so good. But yeah, it is doing... A thing of its own that matches this world but feels unique and distinct and yeah i feel like you could come out of this preferring one to the other but also you know i feel like i I, i'm kind of in a similar camp as you i'm like i don't really feel the need because yeah i would put them on for slightly different reasons you know if i'm in the the mood for this world well i think also even though there's dragons in here that's such kind of an accepted part of typical fantasy that you're (laughs) they just kind of feel like an animal just another animal and the way they fuse them in here too whereas i remember game of thrones opening scene dealt with the white walkers right away yeah and it, it was such a like horror fantastical element that sets the stage for something that will lean more into fantasy mm-hmm. you know yeah and this this seems more and granted like it, they did that in the opening and then it was like pretty much just very real for a while yeah, <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> and but this 
this seems to just be really focused. It, it's it's more um, what's the word? More contained, mm-hmm. and and uh, it, it feels more real. Like if there weren't dragons, people might question like, is this a real historical? Yeah. <laughs> is this based on actual yeah. writings? Does this actually have actual <laughs> histories of the time? <laughs> yeah. Well, and two, I, I like that they you have. We've had a couple of dragon set pieces that are, you know, big CG set pieces. But, like, in this episode even, like, the dragons show up in, like, one transitional moment and you see that they're around. And I think that contributes to that. It's like they don't have to be the focus half the time and you don't need every episode to have some kind of crazy dragon sequence. They just remind you that they're there sometimes. And I feel like that often lends more credence than a big dragon-y scene. Because, uh, yeah, they're, they're good at selling this fantasy as not-too-distant fantasy. And well, I, without I, the White Walkers, it feels that much more grounded. I think that's the thing with the, with Game of Thrones that really distinguishes it for me. is This feels like a historical, political show. Yeah. Whereas Game of Thrones, I felt, was was that, but also I, I would throw in the word fantasy all the time. Because you had and soothsayers, I, and you had people, like, resurrecting the dead, and, and you had the White Walkers, and there was there was a bigger sense of, like, there's magic in this realm. Yeah, and I don't really ever say the word fantasy <laughs> with House of the Dragon. Yeah, no, I mean, they haven't... I'm trying to think, like, they have their elixirs and things like that, but so far we haven't really met any characters who are mystical, so to speak. Yeah, it's the only really mystical element thus far is the dragon and even dragons and even things like the gods. Like I, I remember Game of Thrones having more of a sense of like, are the gods really out there? <laughs> Whereas this more feels like religion feels, you know, in real life where it's just like, yeah, it's what we believe in. And sure, you know, you think they're out there, but I don't get the sense that they might actually intervene at any point in time. Right, right. Yeah. Well, guys. All right, that was a great episode. It's a good-ass show. Let's uh, catch up soon. Can't wait for next week. Let's see what's going on. Subscribe, click that bell, leave a like. Thanks to all the support us on Patreon. And the sense of the... Mikhail Linden. Mikhail, we have looked up your name on Urban Dictionary. You're going to like it. And here's what we found. The sexiest man alive. That is how we have always described Mikhail. Always. He is the perfect, exciting, handsome, and is known to have a huge you-know-what. Oh, man. Put it away. It is so big. It gets Get in the way. It gets trapped bigger on pants. doors when you try to close it down on your way to driving. He is dominant over his brothers. <laughs> he, with, with that huge thing of his, just uses it to show I'm the only one gifted with this. And will shit on anyone who yes. opposes him. You don't want to mess with this guy. Learn that the hard way. He's got a third wheel on himself. <laughs> He's got weapon a kickstand, bro. He will shit on them. Overall, the most amazing guy. In the world. <laughs> yeah, man. Not afraid to lay down the law. And if anybody questions, all you got to do is whip it out. Chase, I mean Michael, Mikhail, you have. We're so- Big D so energy by your BDE. Big D energy, and uh, you are ultimate alpha. You are in our lives, Mikhail. Thank you for being you. This I is, simp for you. No wonder you love James Bond because <laughs> you got so much in common, common with that's him, right, dude. You're the next one.